Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We call on the phone and she tells us that we were bombarding her house, that we came here. We're trying to like, um, what's the exact word she used? Ambush, I believe. Yeah, we were trying to ambush her. And then later on, her fiance proceeds to say, if we try anything, which we were not even doing, we weren't even close to our property, we were by our car on the other side of the street. If we try anything, she'll have our pitbull attack us. These are the plaintiffs, Chike Melly and Sebastian Rodriguez. Chike says they were hired by the defendant to do some painting. They worked for five days, and the defendant refuses to pay them. She also said she'd sick her pit bulls on them if they came to pick up their tools. She can't be allowed to get away with this outrageous behavior, and they're suing for the $1,370 they're owed. This is the defendant, Lisa Cremon. She says the plaintiffs were the sloppiest painters she's ever seen, and they got paint everywhere it wasn't supposed to be. Her fiancé is an opera singer, and they even got paint on her $2,000 gown they got from the Metropolitan Opera House. Bottom line, she refuses to pay them a penny. She is accused of painting painters into a corner. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Okay, Mr. How do I pronounce your last name? Millie? Yes, And Mr. Rodriguez? Yes. All right. Um, you're suing Ms. Cremon for $1,370 because you painted um, some rooms in her house and she has paid you zero. That's correct. Go ahead. Okay, so Mrs. Ms. Cremone found us on Facebook and then she hired us to do um, paint some of her trim in her house, her trim and doors from wood to white. And she also hired us to paint two rooms, which is the master and another room in her house. And then we, we, got, we got the job in the contract. She agreed to the prices and agreed to everything we listed. In when that. she agreed to everything, was this all digitally? Or did you go over there, take a look at it, and give her an estimate, and then she hired you? Yeah, we, we went over on November 8th to give her an estimate. And then we later gave, sent her the estimate via text message okay. that same day. And she agreed, I believe, the following day. Okay. And we began to work November 15th. When you started working, she was supplying the paint? Yes, she was. All right. So what happens? Tell me what happens. So we worked for five days and we paint. We swear, put two prime coats on the on the trim, and then we later put two to three coats of the finished coat, which is sun gloss. And then we got to the, I believe, it was the fifth day, and we told her that it was going to take extra days because originally we charged we the estimate was for two coats, and we were courteous and we continued to do it because we left it at two coats. It was only two coats with the primer, so it honestly looked like a horrible job. So we continue to do the multiple coats day in and day out. 
we came to the fifth day. We told her she was in the kitchen right behind her. We told her that it's going to take additional days because like the time frame was matching because they had to put extra coats. And she said, that's no problem. And then we also warned her about the French doors that there was going to be paint on the glass. But after we're done with the job, we would scrape it off and we would clean it up, make it look professional just because like the tight spaces. And she also agreed to that. And um, the fifth day comes around and she gives sense Sebastian a text message saying that she no longer wants us to come back. That we were sloppy. We didn't do what we asked. She what she, she asked of. We got paint all over her furniture and on her, on her floors and whatnot. Well, did so you get paint all over her furniture and her floors? No, we didn't. She showed. We we later on when that same day she texted us. We later went to her house to see if we can look at what she says we messed up, like the floors and whatnot. And then as we got to her house, we called her and asked her if we can take a look at what we messed up. And also, we can pick up our um, supplies. We were being very cordial with her the entire the entire process. And we call her on the phone, and then she tells us that we were bombarding her house. That we came here, we we're trying to like um, what's the exact word she used? I don't remember. Ambush, I believe. Yeah, we were trying to ambush her. And then later on, her fiance proceeds to say, "If we try anything, which we were not even doing, we weren't even close to our property. We were by our cars on the other side of the street. If we try anything, she'll have our pit bulls attack us." So that at that moment, we went into the car because we know she has two big dogs. Miss uh, Cremone warned us about them every single day we came, that she would put them downstairs. So we didn't know what they were planning. So we went back to our cars, and then we sat there and waited for them to come back. We asked them if we called them as soon as they went back in the house, if we'd come take a look at what we messed up, if there was paint on the floors. And we they, they agreed to that. We came to the house, and then they were showing us paint on the floors where there was no paint. And if there was, there was a, there was a little like clump-sized piece of paint like this that was underneath our materials that we couldn't see. Let me hear from you, Ms. Cremone. What's the problem? Why won't you pay them? And why did you fire them? Yeah, so how you doing? Um, so yes, everything he's saying, we agreed through text. Um, I hired them the same day they texted me the estimate. As you could see in the evidence, in the text message, it said nothing about a first coat, a second coat, a third coat, a fourth coat. Um, so what went wrong and why did you tell them not to come back? Go ahead. As they stated, they did tell me about the French doors and the paint on the doors. And Sebastian told me that Monday, day one. Um, and I agreed to that. He said everything will be cleaned up by the end of the week and looking like new, right? By the end of the week. So I'm thinking Friday, Saturday. So then um, uh, they said that they were done with the trim and that it was drying and they needed a day or two left to clean up. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to give these guys a chance, whatever. Um, so then on Saturday morning, when the daylight's hitting everything, I'm looking at everything around the house. They didn't touch any of the baseboard trim in the living room. They never touched anything in the kitchen, which they were hired for. And they missed about four or five sides on my trim in my TV room and both of my bathrooms. And they painted over all my magnets. So now I can't close eight doors in my house and all my door jams. And plus got paint on the floor, which is in my evidence folder. And they never showed up when any, they never did any prep work. They didn't caulk anything. They didn't sand anything. So yes, to me, that, that is a, uh, not a due diligence by a professional painter. What is this item here? That's my leather couch that we bought in June. And are these paint, paint, paint flex? Yes. Was the couch, was the couch covered? I don't know. I, I would have to ask the painters that. They, they showed Did you up ever walk down? Walk. I'm asking you whether you saw that it was covered or not. Did you ever go down there and when, check the job that these two young men were doing? They, were, they looked 12. The... How old are you gentlemen? We're 18. 18. 18. All right. And um, so did you ever go down there and check the job they were doing or anything? Or did you just stay away for a week? No, I was downstairs working. 
and I would come up at lunch, ask them if they needed anything. They needed me to do Is that anything. a yes they or a no to, to whether you checked the job during the week? That's what I'm asking you. Did no, you ever, I no. checked it at the end of the week. So you didn't even know if they had covered your stuff that you left in the room? No, I did not know that. Wouldn't you want to know such a thing? Yes. Yes. Like, in other words, but if I, someone was painting in my house, I'd be making sure that there's tarps covering my things. I'll tell you the one thing I would really be careful about. It's what you call a $2,000 gown. Tell me about the gown. The gown was on the couch when I, we, you know, I put everything on the couch because they were painting the trim, right? They weren't painting the walls in those drones. And then when I, my fiancé had brought it to my attention that they painted over the gown, then that's when I said I got to call them and tell them that, you know, this is unacceptable. Okay, so this is the paint that got on the gown, right? Can I ask you why you have a $2,000 gown hanging around two 18-year-old boys <laughs> who you have hired to paint um, in the room where they're painting? Why don't you just put the gown in the closet? Why is it in that room? Just so you know, I, I don't know they're 18, right? They never disclosed I'm sorry, how old did you think they were? Because they don't look 18. They look 12. No, they How look, old did you think like they kids. were? Right, so how old did in you think you were? 20. Because I think you thought you were getting this on the cheap, and then we all know we get what we no. pay for. No offense, gentlemen. You're not painters by trade, correct? You're college students who are painting to right. make a yeah, buck. Correct. Right, exactly. Right. So, which is fine. <laughs> Believe me, I do not knock that, okay? Because both my husband... And my work husband, my executive producer, were both college painters, all right? So they both made money in college at 18 painting, and they learned the trade, and they did a good job. I agree with you. There's paint everywhere. This is not the great job that my husband or my executive producer would have done. But I am fascinated by the idea of you keeping a $2,000 gown. Why would you keep any gown that's important to you in a room that painters are painting in? You know, I trusted them. I gave them a chance to do the job. It's not my fault you know. for doing it. It's their fault, right? No, I, I'm not blaming them. I'll take full well, responsibility. Oh, are you? Because it doesn't sound like you are. All right. So That's how did Pink get on this dress, gentlemen? Do you have any idea? The day that she came and we talked, we spoke to her about the French doors, we also told her that after we paint the doors, we leave them open because both sides may be wet and anything she has in her closets could get damaged because of that. So in the front closet, she had another closet in her house where she fully emptied it. And that specific closet we warned her about because it may get stuff on it if you don't close the doors properly. Did she empty like it or didn't she? She did not empty that closet. Why would you paint it then? Why didn't you tell her, come down here and empty this? We we told her that, we told her if you can move, before we started the job, we told her if we can move everything. I understand, but once but you get there and she hasn't done her responsibility, why do you go ahead and paint and then there's a risk that this happens? You shouldn't. You should tell her, empty out the closet, lady. We, we told her that we should leave the, that you should leave the doors open because if you close them and the paint is wet, or the paint is curing, there's a possibility that it might get all the things inside the doors, so the doors were left wide open. So there really wasn't any chance of it. Like, How did the paint get on the leather arm. couch? From the picture, I didn't see that when she showed it to us. Maybe it might have, from when we were doing the trim, that was on the doors. Yeah, I don't understand. How come was... you guys don't have that covered with tarps? Did you guys bring tarps in? Yes, we did. We did bring tarps in, but the couch was like, it wasn't in a position for it to get paint on it because well, I thought it was covered. That's a I'm question. unsure. We moved, we moved the couch away from the I know, that's the why it needs a tarp on it. Um, okay, what does this picture depict? It depicts where they did not use any clock. So you expected them to patch up the holes as part of the process, correct? Correct. What does this picture depict? That depicts them not sanding down anything. Oh, because that's wood I'm looking at. Yes, ma'am. 
What does this picture depict? That is part of the French door where they accused me of shutting the door when I wasn't even upstairs and they didn't finish the job. Oui. There's a drip. Did you guys cover? I guess obviously the answer is no. You didn't cover anything with painter's tape. Who taught you kids how to paint? My father. All right. And why is it? Your father may have such a steady hand that he doesn't. Um, uh, we, but, but why isn't this covered with painter's tape so that you wouldn't get I'm paint sorry. on it? Go ahead. Yeah, we were going to come by with, uh, with a rag and yeah. um, paint thinner or mineral oil, and we come and we wipe it all down, and it all gives it a clean look at the end. Yeah. And as far as, far as for the nail holes and the caulking, uh, that wasn't included in the estimate. And now she ex she explained to us beforehand that she wanted that done. We couldn't include that in the estimate, but it wasn't included in the estimate. So okay. We so what does is the estimate by oy, is the estimate by text? By text. By text. Okay. Was there ever any discussion about painting over brass? No, ma'am. Why would you guys paint over that unless the customer asked you to? You shouldn't paint she over that. But they, if, she, if she had a problem with it, we would have also taken paint thinner and wiped that off. Because no, it I know, but you shouldn't even be... The, the eye, your brain and the paintbrush shouldn't be saying, let me paint over this and then see if she has a problem. You should take a screwdriver and take out the brass or whatever or protect it or something. Um, that's kind of pretty basic. Um, all right. And here's more of the same painting over the brass, which you shouldn't do. <laughs> Certainly not do with without discussing it with them. Um, this stuff should be covered. It takes longer, but that's the way it's, you know, done correctly. Um, all right. Uh, I wanted to see the estimate. That's it. Prime and paint all trim. Prime and paint all doors. Material costs are not included. Where does it say that they're going to be prepping everything and and uh, you needed it sanded, you needed it caulked, you needed uh, the holes filled, you needed all this other stuff you're talking about. Is that in the estimate? No, I assume that they would do that as professionals. You can never assume anything. You're right. I you agree. have to have everything, everything in the estimate. If it's not in the estimate, it isn't happening. And um, agree 100%. And I thought I'd see, pre you know, prep, which would cover that. But there's no word, the word prep isn't in there. It just says prime and paint. Understood. Yeah. So now, the figure of 1,370, how do you come up with that figure, Mr. Amelie? We basically just price it by room and what she wants specifically per room. So each room varies. What was the total job going to be? Uh, 2,020. Okay. So you gentlemen came up with 1,370 based on what you had done. That was the... In the estimate, we put, uh, for the trim specifically, it was 1370 Ah, got you. Okay. And were you done priming and painting all the trim and all the doors? Yeah. All that we had to do left was come back and uh, do scrapes and minor touch-ups and wipe everything down. That's all that was left. Well, all right. So let me ask you, Ms. Cremon, do you think there's any value to the work that they did? Your Honor, in addition to the them saying they completed the trim, which they did say that to me on Friday and it was drying, if you look in you know, the pictures, they missed several sides of the trim. They didn't even touch it with a brush. Okay, so you're talking about the side of the this trim, obviously. That's one of them, yeah. <laughs> the side of this trim. Guys, what are you doing? How are you not painting the trim and you think you're done with the trim? Like, what's going on with this? That's maybe an area that we missed that we, if she would have told us, we would have been Nobody should tell, my again. point is, look, gentlemen, I, I, I love the hustle, love it. But you also have to give people what they paid for. You know, if you're saying, I know what I'm doing. I don't expect you to know what you're doing like someone who's been doing it 50 years, but I expect you to know what you're doing. If, if, you, if, I, if I, who know nothing, 
was painting my room, I wouldn't leave it that way. So you shouldn't leave it for a customer who you're charging that way. You can't say, oh, that's, you know, we, if she had just pointed that out to us, she doesn't need to point this stuff out to you. She loses faith in you at that point. All right. You know, you have to understand that there is, this stuff was dark wood at, at the time, correct, Ms. Cremone? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. So for you to suggest that there's zero value in anything they did is kind of silly because the next person who comes isn't going to sand all that off and start over. The next person who comes is probably going to repair it and it's going to be less. Who did you, Is there someone there who wants to testify? Do you have a witness? I have a witness. Yes. Okay, let's hear from your witness. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi. Hi, Your Honor. How What's are your you? name? Uh, my name is Jennifer. Okay. Your last name? Check. Okay. Uh, talk to me. This is you're the other homeowner, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I am. All right. Was there ever any sentiment that you would let them finish and clean that up, or was it always, look, this is why we don't want you back in here? Um, we did attempt to speak to them. Yes, and we would have been willing to work something out, but. When they came that Saturday, it was a Saturday that they came. We were not home when they called us. We were out at the store, and they refused to leave the property before we even got into a discussion. So already our backs were up against a wall with them, but we did come home, and we did let them in because we thought, you know what, we should show them what they've done um, that we're unhappy with, give them the opportunity to speak to us. So we did. And what and were they saying? They, they were saying, oh, well, well, we just didn't get to that. Oh, we just didn't get to that. And I said to them, but no. I said, you, you finished the trim. That's Why did you think they the finished trim. the trim? Because they told us that right. they finished the trim. Okay. Can you switch back, please, with Ms. Cremona? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Based on what I'm seeing, gentlemen, there are a lot of problems. So, um... I, I do believe that there is a value in covering up dark wood. That takes a lot of strokes. I am going to order you to pay the plaintiffs some money. It's not going to be the amount that they're asking for. And I'm taking into account the damage, you know, in terms of that you have to now clean up all this stuff. I'm also taking into account the idea that they weren't allowed to come back there and clean up. And the bottom line is we call this a little rough justice, and I'm ordering the defendant to pay the plaintiffs $500 for their efforts. That's my verdict. So the plaintiffs, the two young painters, are going to get $500 for their work. They had been suing for $1,370. Ms. Cremone, uh, how do you feel about that? I, I feel fine with it. I think painting. it's fair. Um, they were very sloppy. And, you know, and towards the end, when we brought them into the house, we felt like they were argumentative and they didn't want to make do on anything. And, yeah, they did spend five days here, but, you know, not thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars worth of work. So. All right. Well, good enough. All right. So you got to give them five hundred dollars and we'll call it quits with that. Let me talk to the painters. The gentleman, you know, I'm intrigued by one thing. You sued this this uh, individual who had hired you. 
Most 18-year-olds don't know anything about filing a lawsuit. Where did you come up with the, the idea that you should sue? Who, who, who guided you to that? My mother worked for the state of New Jersey, so she informed us on how we should proceed. Ah, that's where it comes from. Well, let me ask you, have you learned anything from this? We have a few things to learn, but I don't think it's to the degree that they that they stated. So I'm not, we don't agree with the verdict that we they only ordered to pay $500 because we worked five hard days. So I mean, it is what it is, but honestly, I don't agree with that verdict at all. All right. Well, I'm not surprised you're not happy, but listen, $500 is better than nothing. It could have ended up that way for you. So, Doug, this is a good example where you make a contract with somebody and they screw up and you get some value from it, but you don't get all the value. You have to redo some of the work. In that case, what the judge can do is parse it and say, this was done properly, properly and it's worth X amount. In this case, we're talking around $500 for their unpaid work. And then you're not going to get the full 1750 because you messed up. Who is responsible for a retaining wall built on an easement? The answer to this question is like the answer to so many legal questions. It depends. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, first of all, the typical rule is that the owner of the land is responsible for maintaining, clearing brush, maybe keeping a road maintained or whatever it might be where the easement is. And that's could be unfortunate because it could be very expensive. So in this situation, you might have to permit a repair to a retaining wall. You might have to design the build of the new retaining wall. You might have to hire an engineer to set out the parameters of the new retaining wall. And you're certainly gonna have to pay for construction. So this could be a really expensive proposition for one party or the other, whether it's the, the beneficial person who's benefiting from the easement or the person who actually owns that land. We have, we have a neighbor who, um, who owns some property next to a home we have in North Carolina right. who hates his brother. Right. And the brothers owned property next to each other. Right. And when dad died, the brother who had the easement was no longer allowed to go. And there was a whole big legal mess in court right. because the only all of a sudden he now could he could, he'd land. have to helicopter out of his right. house. You right. Know? He had, the only access was through that easement. And his right. brother was Now, sometimes the easement will say, like, okay, wait, so if I have property and you have property and I want an easement on your property, I, right. I might pay you to get that easement. So right. I'm going to pay you a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And... I have the benefit of the easement from now on, and everybody who buys either of our lands is subject to the easement. Now, you may have put in the language for that easement that if the retaining wall goes, you know, we share right. the cost exactly. or you cease having the easement. So the bottom line is it depends on what's in the document. This is the blade of Lindsay. She says her cat, Jack, was attacked by the defendant's unleashed dog. And now, poor Jack has a broken leg. The defendant refuses to pay her vet bills, even though she's 100% at fault. And if she has to sue her for the $1,400 she's owed, then so be it. This is the defendant, Megan. She says one of her dogs escaped the grip of her nine-year-old, and he chased the plaintiff's cat up a tree. Once she got her dog under control, she offered to call the fire department. But the plaintiff declined, and the cat fell out of the tree. Dogs have been chasing cats into trees since the beginning of time, and she doesn't owe this plaintiff a dime. She's accused of fouling up a feline.
all parties. Please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that her poor cat was attacked by the defendant's vicious dog, and she wants money for vet bills to repair the broken leg. But the defendant says the plaintiff's cat fell out of a tree, and she doesn't feel like she's responsible. It's the case of not feeling fine. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Lindsay and Ms. Donna, represented here by Ms. Lindsay. You are suing Ms. Megan for $1,400 in vet bills that you believe she should be responsible for because her pet got loose. Tell me what happened. So it was March 11th, and I had just gotten a new kitten about three to four months prior. Jack, I've had him for about 10 years, maybe a little over that. And so we were both, uh, I was out sitting on my step and um, both cats were right in front of the step, not even two feet from me. Um, We were out having a good time for a little bit. And then all of a sudden this dog came charging into my yard He had the leash still attached, but the harness was off of one of his legs. And this child, who at the time I figured was between the ages of 8 and 10, had another big dog with him while trying to restrain the other dog. And um, the dog bulldozed right into my cat, and they both went tumbling and the child was yelling to me, get the little cat inside, get the little cat inside. So I scooped up the kitten and put him inside and then went back to try and assist the child with getting the dog under control. In the meantime, Jack was trying to get up the tree. He couldn't get up the first two attempts. And then Megan came. And How far behind was Megan? She was a good distance behind. All of this had happened and... How, how many minutes, distance. was it minutes or seconds that passed from the first entry into your yard till the time Megan was there? I'd say it was a good two minutes. Okay. A minute and a half to two minutes, yes. Okay. The cat attra- attempted to climb the tree, couldn't get up. And then on his second attempt, he did get up. The branch he got onto is only about five feet from the ground. Okay. So he was sitting up there and he was visibly upset the cat. Um, I tried to get him down. I couldn't because he was hissing at me. He was visibly hurt, obviously. And um, Megan had offered to call the fire department. I'm sorry. If it's five feet up, you could go like this. So why is anybody talking about... Okay. So the only reason you weren't um, taking the cat off is because the cat was hissing at you? Oh, yes. And trying to scratch at me and bite at me because he was in clear pain. And that's why I say calling the fire department is kind of like cliche. Like you don't call the fire department when well, I... Well, I certainly wouldn't call the fire department if the cat was five feet up. I might I might have a flashback to cartoons if the cat is way <laughs> up but, and won't come down after a certain amount of time, but uh, right, I don't know. Right, but I, have, I submitted pictures of the tree and you can tell that it's a very, you know, small tree. Right there is the tree. All right, so the cat gets up there. She offers to call the fire department, and you do what? I declined. I right, and then what happens? It wasn't necessary to call a fire department. Um, finally, they got the dog harnessed back up, leashed back up. I believe we even did that 
or almost completed that before she arrived. And um, when they left, she said, you know, let me know, should I call the fire department? And I said, no. And as soon as I realized that Jack had gotten down off the tree and ran into our shed, um, when I was able to catch him and get him into a carrier, I could physically see that he wasn't putting any weight on that leg at all. Um, he wasn't, you know, did you know your neighbor? Did you know, did you know, uh, Ms. Megan no. before this? So then no, what happens? You I, take no, the I've cat to the vet and what happens? So I took the cat to the vet. They did the x-rays. Um, his leg is clearly broken. I submitted that evidence as well. Oh goodness. That's is this the cast they, they put on the poor yeah. cat? Oh yes. my goodness. That's, he's got a cast. Yeah. And the cast keep changing color. Oh, is these socks that are over the cast? Oh, no, no, no. Those are cast. They had to be changed every week for eight weeks. And we had Do you to have an actual, did you have an actual uh, x-ray picture that you wanted yes. me to see? Yep. So there where that little red arrow is, it's where it's completely fractured. All right. Now, so that first bill, did she offer to pay any of it? Um, the first bill she did, she offered to pay um, half of it, which was $256 in a few cents, I believe. And did she it's pay that? The first she did. She went down to the vet clinic that night and she did pay that portion of the very first bill. Um, so I contacted her and I said to her that, um, you know, your child shouldn't have been taking these two big dogs on by his own. It got loose and came in my yard and there's pictures that show how far my yard and where we were from the sidewalk. Um, and it just, I said, I believe that you should, you know, be responsible for some of that. And I sent those text messages as well. And, and what she, was her response um, to that? Her response in the police report and in the animal control report was that she was going to have no further. Okay. Um, All right. Let me talk to you and let me see your version of things, Ms. Megan. Go ahead. Basically what happened was we were at the house. Um, I had two kids and two dogs. All right. Um, at the time, one of the children was outside with the two dogs. One of the harnesses was on incorrectly. So I went to change the, fix the harness on the second dog. So we hadn't even left the house yet. Um, and the first dog got, the leash got loose. And so she took What's off. What's the leash got loose? Your kid let go? No, I actually had the leash. So while I was bending down to put I was trying to fix the harness on the second How dog. How old are your children? And I was just nine. At the time, they were nine and 11. Okay. And only the nine-year-old was outside with me at the time. So I bent down. So you are the um, one who let loose of the dog. I let go of the leash accidentally, and the dog took off. I didn't do it on purpose. I was trying to fix a harness while holding on to the other dog. That's what happened. Right. Um, so the reason it took me a second, and, and where the story is a little skewed, um, is simply that I took the second dog and put the second dog in the house. So my child was running after the first dog. I put the second dog in the house. How did the dog get after. out again? Because according to her, there were two dogs on her property. She didn't know about the second dog. The reason she knows about the second dog is because she came and found me on a walk. And at that point, I had gone back home. She says that when the attack happened, child. there were two dogs and your kid was trying to control two dogs. Your eight-year-old was trying to control. And that wasn't the case. The second dog was put back in the house, and the second child was in the house with the dog. The 11-year-old and the other dog were in the house. The reason she knows I had two dogs is because after the incident, 
the younger one and I took the bigger dog, walked back to the house, got the second child and the second dog and went on a walk. Okay. Like we were planning on doing in the first place. Lindsay approached me, you know, 20 minutes later while we're coming home from this walk and said her cat was injured. So that part is accurate. That's how she knows I had two dogs. All right. Well, the second dog. Okay. So you pay for the half of the bill. And everyone's happy with that. Yeah. And then there are more bills. And then I guess she was asking you to pay for half of those. And you said no. And tell me your reasoning. Yeah. So um, because she was indicating that the dog had in some way attacked the cat, my biggest concern was that the dog in some way attacked the cat. So in going and paying for the vet bill, I, I was verifying that the dog hadn't physically touched the cat. You know, there were no puncture wounds. There were no bite wounds. There was and no And that's definitely that true, correct, Ms. Lindsay? Yeah. Right. So the yeah. issue is she feels that it's still a proximate cause. Your negligence at letting go of your dog is the proximate cause of the broken leg of the cat. It's still what we call the deciding factor. It is the reason it happened. If your dog hadn't, A, escaped you, B, entered her yard, and C, chased the cat up the tree, which I realize... It's, there's, there's, by the way, your dog is being a dog. Dogs have been doing this for thousands of years. It's, we don't punish, the law doesn't punish a dog for being a dog. The law punishes the owner for their negligence. So the negligence would be that you let go of your dog's leash and your dog was essentially off leash, running into, right. you know, and that's a distance of how many houses are you away? It's a tenth of a mile. Yeah. Um, and so, so, I mean, my yeah. dog did get loose. I yeah. won't argue with you on that at all. And it was an accident. It was not on purpose. Right. Um, no, everyone it knows intended. it was an accident. You know, that part I totally understand. Right. Which is why I entered into it in the first place. Um, and, but then what, so, but then what, but then you wouldn't pay any of the others. Why is that? Welcome back to the people's court. The plaintiff says that the defendant's vicious unleashed pit bull attacked her cat, breaking the cat's leg, and she wants money for the repair. But the defendant says, dogs have been chasing cats into trees since the beginning of time, and says this lawsuit is ridiculous. Let's see what the judge thinks. My impression really was that when I went to the ambulatory clinic and paid, that the cat's leg was broken. And so I paid half of the cost to get the leg fixed, and Lindsay declined any help to get the cat out of the tree. So at some point, you know, I, and then the cat ran away. So when the cat came out of the tree, the cat ran away. So I, I, quite frankly, I just felt as though at that point she had declined my help to get the cat down. And so at that point, it was kind of her responsibility to take care of the cat once it's in the tree. Within okay, the Every, everybody seems to be really hung up on proving whether or not the cat broke its leg coming off the tree versus broke its leg trying to get up the tree versus broke its leg from... Uh, your dog falling on it. I don't care. The law doesn't care. And uh, because the only question for me is, but for your dog getting loose from you, but for that negligence, and that's why it's called negligence. There's no intent in negligence. But for that negligence, this wouldn't have happened. And I do find that you have to pay the bills. Now, you guys are working out paying out half, but unless her cat is half responsible, there's no reason why the she would have to pay half. It's totally your negligence. So I am going to order the medication, the remaining vet bills, including the half of the first one, because she's changed her mind. She feels like you didn't, you didn't stick to the deal, so why should she? Um, and the money's for emotional distress. Explain that. So 
January of that year, I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and panic attacks. Um, and my cats were the only thing that were like helping me get through. When this happened, I was devastated. My medications had to be changed and upped. Um, the new kitten was actually to help me get through all of that because they suggested, you know, um, trying to get another animal that I could have with me to sensory, like, touch and feel instead of worrying so about So you were panic. suffering from that before because at the time of this attack, the new kitten existed. Yes, I had just gotten her four months before. So when this happened, every ride to the vet, I either had to have somebody come with me or help because I'd get debilitated just driving. I'd, my panic attacks would just come on. And I just feel like... Okay, After this, reaching out to Megan, so these many are times not the kinds asking, that I, I realize that they cause it causes great emotional distress to have a pet. I've been in your position. I, I had my cat eaten, um, and the cat didn't make it by my neighbor's dog, and uh, and that's horrifying. And I know that, and it happened in front of my kids, um, and they were horrified. It, it, it was, it's a horrible thing. It's part of pet ownership. Unfortunately, all these accidents and. Um, but they're not the kind of cases where you get emotional distress. Uh, how do you measure one person's emotional stress over the other person's emotional distress? They're considered property. And so it's damage to the property. That's what pets are considered, even though we consider them our children. Um, so I am going to order her to pay the vet bills as well as a medication, but I'm not ordering emotional distress. So that's a total judgment in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of $1,076.71. Good luck. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you. So the plaintiff prevails to the tune of $1,076. Megan, the defendant, let me ask you uh, your reaction to the judge's decision. You've you got to pay $1,076. I completely understand, bucks. and I'm sorry that it happened. I'm sorry that the cat got hurt. It's a shame. I know this was the first time you'd met your neighbor, too, as well, right? You, had, yeah. you didn't yeah. know her before. Yeah. What a tragic way to meet your neighbors. Um, anyway, Lindsay, let me ask you, uh, you know, how, how tough a decision was it to, for you to file a suit against your neighbor? It was very tough. I mean, I've never met Megan. Yes, we live um, about two streets apart, but I never would want to put that burden on anybody. But the financial burden couldn't come all onto me. All right. By the way, finally, how is the cat today? He's doing great, thankfully. He's doing really well, real well. All righty. Well, good for you. And you are going to get uh, that, that bill paid. So congratulations. So, Doug, this is actually a really interesting legal case because it involves something in the law we call causation. And that means, in this case, that the dog was out of bounds by being off-leash, chasing this cat up a tree. You could understand why a cat would climb a tree to avoid the dog. And then after that... It's foreseeable that when a cat is up there scared, the cat could fall. So it's all connected, and that's why the plaintiff won. When someone brings a case to you, can they ask for you to rule that the case be dismissed without prejudice so they can take it to another court if you rule against them? <laughs> no. That kind of defeats the purpose of coming here, doesn't it? Right. You know, when the parties Not come here... Not with arbitration, here, which is yeah, really... But I mean, that, what, in any court, I mean, you have... When you come to the People's Court, what you've agreed to is binding arbitration. This is how every court show works. Every court show copied ours, because ours came first. So thanks for joining us. We will see you for the next session of the People's Court.